0: Welcome to the Insect London podcast. Fantastic for you to join us again. You're going to hear in a minute from Robin Mertens back with the microphone talking to Karina Bush, COO of IBA. But as you can probably tell, I'm recording this introduction not from my bedroom, but in front of a live audience. So for those of you who have forgotten, wait for it. (laughs) Those of you who have forgotten what a live audience sounds like, here they are. Okay, so we did record this after giving them a few drinks, but if you'd like to come and join us for our future events at Instec London, you can find all the information on the website www.instec.london. Now over to Robin and Karina. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's Instec podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have with me today, Karina Bush, who is the COO of Insurance Business Applications. Karina, thanks for joining us. You're
1: most welcome, delighted to be
0: here. Now, am I right? I, I describe, and we've put this on our website, we, we describe Insurance Business Applications, which shortens easily enough to IBA, as a full cycle property and casualty insurance platform in the cloud, which you call IB Suite, what everyone calls IB Suite. Uh, and it's focused on helping insurers digitize and automate the full insurance life cycle. That sound about right? That sounds about right. Now, you're no, you're no InsurTech, are you? I, in doing my research, I, I saw that the origins of IBA go all the way back to, to 2010, uh, sort of five years pre-InsurTech. Now what was the genesis for it?
1: Basically, our founder, CERN, uh, who is a, the CTO today as well, was called by an insurance company to state whether he would actually help build a, you know, a platform for them. He originated from the whole telco industry. At that time, it was just the burst out of mobile phones and the rating and all of the complex things that needed for the mobile phone. And he thought, why not? And then he sat down and said, I, I need to you know, think about the future here. It was very easy for him just to build a on-premise installation and go with that. But he actually sat down and, you know, took some design notes. A, it should be in the cloud. B, it needs to be API first for everything because I need it to be easily to integrate, you know, to and from. You know, why don't I just make it multi-language, multi-currency, multi-tax from the beginning instead of... You know, later on, have to do this as an add-on in my design criteria. And then he wanted everything to be object-based and parameter-based, so it was easy to configure. So it started with those design principles. We're still the ones that we are very, very, you know, lucky to have today in today's world as the way that it, it panned out. But that's how it started one insurance company needed a different platform he sat down he designed it and then he and the team built it
0: do you have any prior insurance experience before he did that no i mean you know i can i sort of postulate that's why he did it uh because 2010 the insurance industry was slightly sniffy about the cloud and certainly those sort of design principles were quite a long way from our thinking so mm-hmm. it seems um uh yes no i mean you know points for that it seems to have set you fair for some time to come now you're based in denmark you're our, you're our first ever danish podcast guest but i now see you've you've spread sort of far and wide uh with offices in the uk us spain romania uh, was that all that, was that, that was the plan i mean you built for one company and now you're presumably servicing a much more global audience?
1: I mean I can't say it was the plan. I think it's 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 something at the time they really wanted to you know uh you know go for the Nordic market the home market right but but as it as it panned out also due to the land and expand strategy right which is something that I truly believe in as well you know why would you start a heavy marketing budget you know, why don't you just, you know, get the user reference story, do well, and then expand out of that. That's, that's been the, you know, how we are doing things and how we're still doing things. So no, so it wasn't in, it wasn't in the plan, but you know, you, you also have to go where the customer, uh, you know, are. And in this sense, they all fitted into the way that the platform was designed again. So we didn't have any, heavily investments moving into Spain or France or the UK as examples.
0: It's crowded space, policy admin systems. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not the only ones doing it. And while I think it's reasonably, if you have a good one, it's uh, reasonably easy to crack the, the indigenous market. It's quite difficult to export other than the design principles. Why have you been particularly good at exporting Ivy Suite, do you think?
1: I think you know when we ask and because we do ask our customers why they why they choose i b a and I b suite basically well the, the, there's sort of two things that comes back one is the team, so having you know um, a present um where the team has both the insurance you know industry knowledge but also the technical knowledge that that is something that is coming back the advisory. Able to guide and coach, um, and actually that we end up delivering on time. Those those sort of you know one side of it. The other side is still you know which is you know shouldn't be a surprise, but still is the the time it takes to launch a new product, right? The time it takes to get you know an idea. You, know, you can call it an innovation but innovation is such a big word that people sometimes stumble if you say be innovative then they stop in their thought process but, but but you can say the 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 whole idea of taking something quickly to market and you're able to do it yourself that's the that's the second bigger things that that we hear you know those those are, I think those two are keys the team and then you know that it lives up to the expectation of the insurer
0: You've got a sort of dreamy client list uh, there on on your website with the likes of Zurich, uh, AIG. Uh, I mean, is it true to say that once you've sold to 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 one of their offices, they they are pretty helpful in getting you to others?
1: So yes, in general, right? Uh, I mean, still the way that many insurance companies are built today is that each country has its own PNL and then decides its own tech. So there's no guarantee that because you got into one that you would get the rest of the countries, right? Uh, but but we are, you know, a strategic asset with Zurich, which means that they are, you know, whenever they an opportunity come up, they evaluate whether IBSuite is a, a good platform for that opportunity. And that is a tremendous help, right? But still, you still have to do all of the work, right? You can't just, you know, lie back and then wait for them to call. You still have to be. You know getting the ideas out you know understanding how the market is changing, being forefront of it you know and propose it um there's no no leaning back um yeah. i think in the industry at all for for the software platform
0: vendors no no we'll come to we'll come to what lies ahead in a minute but what does your what does your ideal customer look like uh, you know you've got um startups on your roster and you've got um you know big international composites. It's trite to say, well, we, you know, do with anything. But, you know, they must have attributes that, that, that attract you to a particular set of customers.
1: Well, well, basically, uh, A, they, they, they need to have a desire to be in the cloud. And then, B, I think they have to pay our service fee, yeah, uh, which is, you know, we think a very good attractive model. So we have very small, like the Danish Royal Horses, uh, that insures horses, which is a know, a five-people office that is totally, you know, independent from IBA running everything, every of their business on IBSuite uh, to the very, very big one. So for me, it's not whether they are small or whether they are big. For me, it is do we fulfill what they need to and can they grow on the platform because we are rewarded for that growth. Can you be too small? Of course you can. If you can't afford the implementation, if you can't afford the service fee, then of course you are too small. Or if you say, "I want an on-premise," we can't do that, right? We are true
0: cloud. What is the charging model? You mentioned service fee. What's the breakdown of how you charge?
1: So we charge a um, a, um, a fixed fee. It's actually three components, right? So it's a fixed fee that is paid quarterly upfront. Then it's a percentage of the GVP that comes down the more GVP you own. So, of course, we won't charge the same percent. We will grow with you, meaning that we will charge less and less. And then it is a 25% support and maintenance fee on top of those two.
0: That 25% is, a, is a, a, a 25% of what?
1: Of both the fixed and the GVP, so of the total service
0: fee. Are you finding most of the time that you're getting greenfield sites to develop on or are you presumably with those big composite insurers you're having to build around um, existing legacy are there any kind of trends around that
1: so basically we get both right we get the replatforming where you you know we have to sort of you know work with what the insurer already you know, having their um, system architecture or what they slowly want to change uh, due to their transformation into being more digital. Uh, and then, of course, the green field. But I think the trends right now is there are, a, you know, we do see a race in the, after the, you can't say after the COVID-19 because it's not, you know, it's not done, mm-hmm. but after mm-hmm. we sort of came back to being able to work again in a different way, you know, we've seen RFPs coming for modernization. That is, a, for me, a trend in that some of the new business models that are, you know, going very fast, like embedded insurance, like on-demand insurance, like the whole ecosystem play where you take insurance and services into an embedded model, uh, that is attractive right now, right? That is um, part of what the audience or their customers are looking for. Um and at the same time, I think that links into the the new, is it a new customer journey? I sometimes wonder, is it just, you know, that we as consumers have more of a voice now? I don't I don't know, right? But yeah. but we see the customer journey being pushed forward as a big ask um, so that you can easily change it and you can diverse so that you see your customer as an individual. Uh, and not as, you know, a group of people that fits into a segment in their journey. Um, We do see that. And that demands um, a a different core uh, of your insurance. That demands that you are able to integrate easily to and from, right? Mm. And I think that's also why the APIs, not just because, you know, we are APIs first, but in general, APIs are a big topic these days, um, because you have to be quick about it uh, and that of course you know changes their landscape yeah
0: no I, I think that's spot on for, for what it's worth I mean we've written already this year long reports about embedded and um, you know the importance of no code low code because of the need to regularly and, and easily configure uh, customer journeys those are Super important. And, and in both cases, we, we we made the observation that unless you had the right tech as an insurer, you know, you couldn't play in those games and uh, that the opportunity was, was um, too readily available to these tech enabled MGAs who have the right tech and can move into the space. So, you know, it follows as night follows day that there must be an insurer reaction to that as they as they as they move in and get the right tech to be able to mm. compete properly. With all this going on, do you do do your own um, implementations or or do you have a sort of preferred bunch of SI partners that you work with?
1: The answer to that is yes and no. So um, how does it work? So it works in the sense that uh, we do work and we are, you know, extremely happy for all of the SI partners that, you know, has a relationship with IBA and works with us. Um, And they are part of our projects. So we haven't yet moved into a model where we totally outsource all of the implementation. Um, Today, we have a senior project manager, solution architect and business architect from IBA on every project. And then the rest of the roles are sourced to the the SI partners. Um, Why? Uh, Well, because one of our competitive edge is uh, the time to deliver. Um, and we want to use the um, features of the IBA uh, people, but also the the platform to ensure that we are utilizing the templates, that we're doing everything we can, to, as exactly as you said, no code, low code, but that we configure uh, and get into the goal. And we need the partners to get into that, that movement and understand that. And they are, they're getting there for sure. Um, but it's about having the right resources, the right time for the project, and then deliver the right quality. And we are, we are definitely governing that uh, with all of our customers right now.
0: There is, a as you expand, a natural tendency to kind of uh, outsource everything that you don't want to do, particularly in other countries where you don't want to do it. And if you lose control and prices, the implementation costs go up, then, then you are the ones who suffer the most, you know, and, and, and the customers. Something else that really intrigued me was that you have bought by many on your client list. And I, I had no idea. What, what, what do you do for them?
1: So bought by many uh, runs their UK business, uh, pet insurance uh, on our platform. And they've done that from the beginning. So they launched actually their first um, pet insurance on, on our platform way back.
0: You've got some unicorns in your, yeah. in your roster these days. Give me an idea of size. How, how big is IBA these days?
1: We are heavily growing right now, so we're recruiting like crazy, but we are 70-plus uh, people right now. Uh, and I think by the end of the year, beginning, next, next quarter, we will around 100, and then I can't see it stopping because we are growing rapidly, um, and we definitely need the people. Also, as you say, You know, just from from my point of view, from sales and marketing, feet on the ground is important for me. Uh, So, you know, having, you know, uh, someone in France that speaks French, which which Mm -hmm. I do, I have seen that works. Spanish, I've seen that work. German, I've seen that work. Uh, So, you know, even though that we are so online and I love it, there's still something called relationship. uh, And that has to be built. And that actually means that, you know, you sometimes just need to meet and see the people in the eye. I still, I'm still, a uh, might be old fashioned, so my apologies for that, but I do still think you buy from people, right, in the end. Yes, you have to take everything that it has the right functionality, that it does what you need to, but then the person that you're looking into the eye when you sign the contract, that's
0: the person that you trust. You're on the right podcast for observations like that it's why I think we're at the end of a sort of strange period of time because we haven't been able to have those relationships or um, foster those relationships yeah. that we the last two years and I think it and I think we don't yet know how much they've been missed or how important they are in running a really good business along mm. the way that you described um on that same subject so far in all my dealings with IPA I've only dealt with women mm. and um that would be very unusual for us in the uk it suggests sort of suggests a good gender balance in the leadership team is that something you work on is that have i is that is the observation right
1: well the observation is right that we are a a good mix of um of gender uh, at iba it's not by design so um the way that we go about it is that you know we first look at the skills and the person and the chemistry with that person and not their gender so it's not like we have a policy that says 50 percent of the work staff have to be women we really look at the talent when that is said it is something that that is it is something that I sometimes think about you know I sometimes you know you know just you know between the two of us and all of the people that are listening to the podcast (laughs) it is something that has my eye, but not as, oh, you should recruit a woman, because I think that is wrong. We need the right person for the right job. But if the recruiter doesn't balance his or her search, I will make a note of it, right? And I will come back and say, that can't be right. It's, it's sometimes, sometimes I hear people saying, but it's very hard to find software engineers that are women. That is simply not true today, simply not true or good consultants simply not true so so it is about how you go about it, but it is a it is a from from me it's it's the person, it's the um it's the talent that they bring to the job, it's the chemistry that they bring to the job, and yes, there might be you know difference between a male and a female in the way that they interact, and I think that's part of the benefit that you get to the workforce, yeah. So uh, so does it matter? Yes, it matters, but it's not a design, um, you know, where we go, oh, we have to recruit a woman this time. Uh, we don't do that.
0: Well said. Sounds very sensible and pragmatic. You haven't always been in insurance, have you? you? You were here in London in a job that seems far more exotic than working <laughs> at- what, what were you? What were you doing in London?
1: So I was extremely... Uh, lucky to uh, to get the job as a global CIO for the auction house Christie's in London uh, which which is which is you know beside all of the amazing art and I am not an art uh, connoisseur right but you know you can't be wowed uh, by, by the things that you see um, it is a broker business. Right. The auction. It it is, you know, you you go out, you find something, you broker it, you sell it uh, and then you get a percentage of the sale and then, you know, you move on and you go to the next. But it is also something with, you know, when you first said that you're going to do an auction, you can't go back and say, no. And you know what? Yesterday doesn't, you know, tomorrow doesn't fit. Can we do it next Wednesday? (laughs) So, so you know, from an a IT perspective and the lights on and, um, you know, you just need to have such a strong global team that are able to, you know, make sure that everything is up and running and literally 24 by 7 because that's how it's the auction business is running. It's a 24 by 7. So it was an amazing to, to work, you know, with such a large international team For once, for the IT, fantastic people, and then it was, in some ways, exotic, to work with people that are, you know, both extremely commercial focused, of course, but also are true art lovers in each of their aspects of the art that they were know whether it was um, post war or uh, you know whether it was. um, Old masters, or whatever it was, right? You know the, these are dedicated um people to a level that I've never ever seen before in my life, right? um uh, because they lived for the art that they were you know uh, uh, collecting and putting off auction. um so it it was amazing, just just uh, just amazing hard a lot of hard work, of course, but just an amazing place to be.
0: that brings me very naturally to the next question, which is neither you nor me nor anyone else I know for that matter can possibly have the same amount of passion for insurance as they can for fine art mm. but you've been at IBA for, for for five years you went from a big company to a small company or big company mm. to a small company how are you how are you finding it what observations would you make about your current experience
1: my husband was speaking to me about it you know the other day he said well you've been to these large American companies you've been to Christie's and and now you are, you know, it's not a startup, but it's a company that needs to grow and grow and grow and grow. You know, what, what 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 sort of did it do for you? So I think that in such a size that we are right now, I literally feel responsible for the people that are working there. It's You know, they come to do their job every day. I feel responsible for that they have a good place to work for, that they have an interesting job. And that we're generating the business that we need to generate. Of course, we need to, you know, make our targets, right? That that gives itself. But when you are in a very large, unless you are, of course, on the top of the owner of the company, you are just fulfilling a role, yeah? But here, you know, into my heart, I feel a responsibility for everyone that they can get to work every day and that they are doing what they need to do. And I think that for my, you know, from... My perspective, it's a big change,
0: yeah? Yes, it's passion of another kind, isn't it? And I would um, venture from afar that it's the reason why IBA is such a successful company, because if you have in the leadership team that kind of passion, then it makes a big difference. Now, you mentioned this earlier. We talked about sort of planning for the future and and strategy and the themes that you know staying ahead and particularly staying okay. ahead of competition. What are those themes and um, that you and assumptions? You, what when when you look ahead for IBA, what what is it you see and what are you kind of working towards?
1: I see a continued growth, uh, you know, expansion, uh, you know, uh, into the world. Basically, I see that very strongly from the land and expand perspective. So that's going to happen. Um, I see that we will work with uh, more and more partners that brings um, tools or point solutions into that that can be easily added to the IB Suite platform so that we reach broader and broader into the requirements of the customer. That is the uh, two area. you know, the... Uh, both in, you know, I know we're going to maybe speak about it, the the paramedic, but also the AI for the claims that we're working on right now. We just launched a partnership with Contrif in France for that. So see these these things of, could we develop everything ourselves? Yes, we could, but we don't have the time to do it. And why would we be experts on everything? Let's be expert on what we're extremely good at, and that's the IB Suite platform and continue to develop that. And then hook into these fantastic companies that are building point solutions. Um, and I don't mean point solutions in a negative way, I mean it in a very positive way.
0: Was that part of your thinking for joining Intertech um, London, you know, that, that you would be part of a community and that people would hear about you? And I mean, you know, in, in that context, what are the sort of companies you want to hear from? I mean, have you have you got a sort of hit list of uh, uh, of people who if they heard this podcast, they think, oh, I'll get in touch?
1: I mean, def- I mean, definitely anybody that needs the platform it gives itself, they are, you know, more than welcome to yeah. give me, give me a ping. Whether it's an, in, whether it's an MGA or an insurer or an, uh, you know, an insurtech starting up, more than, you know, more than he- happy to help. Um, but I think also, you know, if if you're sitting on something, um, and it could be anything, you know, whether it's um, fraud. Uh, whether it is um, you know any kind of risk mitigation whether you think you're sitting with some new technology but you are not building a end-to-end platform but you want to hook into an end-to-end platform really really would love to hear from you and I don't want to say only these three things because there might be something out there that even I don't know yeah so so from an innovative point of view you know we are more than happy to have a conversation
0: Yes, this is the emergence of ecosystems, isn't it? And, and, it, it is. and I, I hadn't seen this coming. But you providers of platforms are starting to become the natural um, congregation points for mm. ecosystems because you can uh, plug in these various services and, and have an existing client list. And um, I think it's a very interesting kind of evolution of the of the of the model. You very kindly sponsor our parametric post newsletter, which is growing incredibly rapidly under the guidance of Henry Gale, who who writes it. Was there any thinking behind that? Is it, do you is is parametric a, a speciality of yours?
1: I don't think it's a speciality. I think it's something we can easily do and do. I think the 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 parametric is interesting from us from a point of view that our platform can easily listen to external, um, you know, like uh, any index that is up there and then react on it based by events setting up in IBISuite. whether it then means that, you know, you're paying out a a claim immediately uh, or it goes into a different process. So for me, it is just, and I don't mean just as, as you know, something small, but I think if you can't react easily by plugging into these, I think there's so many sources of information that an insurer could actually benefit from to uh, help them automate their business even further and even get better, better customer service out of it in the end, because who wouldn't like to get an email stating, oh, you know what, uh, the temperature dropped, XYZ, set. Um, we know that you have a cover for this and we are paying it out. It should be in your bank, you know, bank account by now or the next day, whatever. That would be uber professional services. Instead of you have to fill a claim, have to go the long way, have to upload all of the information. How about just turning it around by, you know, agreeing that you, you know, that that is a source of truth that you um, accept to live with.
0: We love parametric and we know too that, Customers love it. Uh, and it seems to me that the industry now has a sort of responsibility to get better at it. Um, because it's a very, very good way of delivering sort of trusted uh product that, that customers are starting to demand. Um, and, and rightly so. Look, uh, um, we're thrilled to have you in the Intertech community. We really are. Uh and um we're also sort of particularly proud, really, that we've gone from being in Instech London to being far more kind of European and international in our in our kind of membership, uh, and and you're an excellent example. So so thank you for joining and 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 thank you for your support both for the parametric post and 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 more generally. Um, before you go, uh, any particular messages for our community? Anything you'd like uh, to 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 broadcast?
1: I think I like to broadcast. You know you know come along and have a look at our customer cases but also we are open and interested to learn and to share. Uh, So, you know, come along, listen to our webinars and share if you want to. Um, And then, you know, for anything that we could do to help, you know, more than welcome. And thank you so much, Robin, for having me. It's been really a pleasure.
0: No, the pleasure's all mine. And um, and thank you for that little um, observation at the end. Uh, You know, curiosity is everything. And if we do one thing as a community, if we can help the curious understand what's going on and what the future of insurance looks like, then then I think we would have done a very good job. You know, thank you for your part in that, and uh, good luck in the in the coming years with IBA and and everyone who works there. You know, you're you're doing a great job and and deserve your success.
1: Thank you so much.
0: See you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that and the busy lives we all lead. I recorded the introduction from the steel yard for our live event and I'm recording the closing comments on the road so bear with me I hope you don't mind slight variation on the uh, normal process uh, as you have gathered from that introduction we are now doing live against again uh, October the 11th is the next one and then November look out for those on the website if you are in London and if you want to know more what we're up to or how we can help you get your stories out in the world you can find everything we're doing www.instec.london or contact myself Matthew Grant or Robin Mertens via LinkedIn or any of us hello at insdeck.london normal service will be resumed next week